Welcome to Connex, a global leadership platform for construction executives. Today we have Scott Neal, and Scott, you're with, uh, I, I have trouble pronouncing it, is Guild? Guild Construction, that's Guild right. Guild Construction. So rather than me introducing you, can you kind of tell me, number one, about yourself, like where you grew up, how you got into what you're doing now, that thing, and then secondly, uh, can you just tell us the history of your company? Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, Scott. I appreciate you hosting me today. Um, it's a great honor. And, uh, you know, being a new company, uh, I wasn't really thinking that I'd be asked to speak on a podcast. And I'm really not familiar with the, today's social uh, media outlets. So I know that this is a, a modern forum that I need to get involved in. So I appreciate it. Um, but, uh, my name is Scott Nell, President and CEO of Guild Construction. It's established just this year. <clears throat> I'm not uh, unfamiliar with construction. I've been in construction for over 20 years, and I'm not unfamiliar with being uh, in ownership of a company. I was in ownership of a, a another company a few years ago, and unfortunately, the company uh, didn't make it. But um, just the last last year, I was thinking, wow, um, if you're in construction and you're not busy, you're either lazy or you're no good. And um, <laughs> and, and I'm 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 neither. Like right now, I think Columbus has about four billion dollars worth of work, and I was just like, wow, that's a staggering amount of work. And why I was successful at my prior company, even though the company wasn't successful, I was as I was successful in my in my position as a vice president of uh, building services, which is a fancy title for basically service work and doing um, small renovations and things like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, my, my division was very successful. <clears throat> and again, as the company did not make it, uh, my, my division was, was, was very profitable and, and very efficient. So, um, so I took that strategy and that knowledge and <clears throat> it took me a minute to uh, develop my company and make sure I got everything done legally and correct and um, established through, you know, a lawyer and set up as an S corporation. And uh, the name Guild Construction, Guild Construction Co. is the is the proper company name. Uh, Guild Construction was uh, recommended to me by a good friend of mine, Mark Shai. Um, been friends with him for a super long time, and he was also a prior business owner and uh, been in the business for years. And and uh, I was just kicking around ideas, and he's like, "Hey, I've had this idea, and and Guild Guild Construction." And I'm like, "Like a writers' guild or an actors' guild?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I go, "Isn't it like it's not like a union, but it's like a like a group of people." Who come come together mm -hmm. and to like help each other he's like yeah and i go man i love it so um you know i, I really um resonated with the word guild and even on my business garden on my on my website i mean <clears throat> guild is very very pronounced and very um very uh out in the front though so, so it's an organization of persons with related interest goals etc especially one form for the mutual aid or protection so um, and my, my guild philosophy is, is that it doesn't pertain just to me and my company and my employees. It pertains to me and my, my clients and my community, because when I do anything, I do it for the mutual aid or protection. Of course, I want to make money. Mm -hmm. um, I want to make a, I want to make a fair profit. Um, but I also want the client to feel like they got a good deal. And I also want them to get a great product. So uh, this guild, just the, the word guild just really resonates with me, and I really try to carry it through everything I do um, and, and, and every day. So, um, but, uh, so um, we're a small company, <clears throat> again, just established this year, and um, I have uh, eight employees. Um, we're service-based, which means that um, my guys are, have uh, a, a really wide range of skills and uh, knowledges of, 
electrical and carpentry and plumbing and HVAC and painting and flooring and, and drywall. Um, pretty much they can do anything these guys can. Now, of course, we don't touch anything that needs a license uh, um, or requires a license, electrical, plumbing, mechanical. <clears throat> but, um, you know, we can we can dab on a lot of things. And then we also are really geared towards um, tenant improvements. So that would be like, um, or currently we're doing an 8,000 square foot uh, tenant uh, improvement, a TI. Um, but go in, tear out walls, tear out the flooring, tear out the ceilings, put in new walls, new floors, new ceilings. Um, hire the subcontractors for the mechanical electrical plumbing, for the fire suppression, for the fire alarms. Hire, hire, hire those professionals to do those trades, coordinate those trades, get the permits, um, and then <laughs> coordinate everybody to get it done. And, and this project will probably take about 90 days. And wow. currently we're about 30, 30 days into it. So um, 8,000 square feet, it's not that big of a job, but it's manageable for what we have. Um, I grew up in uh, Newark, Ohio. And uh, when I graduated high school, yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, When I when I when I graduated college or when I graduated high school, I I didn't have the money to go to college, and um, so I was like, well, what do I do? I go to the top three large um, factories in town. Well, guess what? Nobody wouldn't even give me an interview because I didn't know somebody. I wasn't. I didn't have family that worked in one of these big factories, or I didn't have a a family friend that could highly recommend me. So. Um, my dream of like going to work and making 28 to $30 an hour, which was big money back then, um, was shattered. So I was like, well, what else do I do? So I, I thought, well, I'd go to the military. So I ended up joining the Navy and, uh, was a weatherman for, for three years, active duty, three years reserve, and then, uh, two years inactive. Well, you're and, a smart uh, guy if you're a weatherman. My, uh, well, my nephew's a weatherman and the school is pretty tough. The school, well, that's just it. So when I graduated the the class or your basic or whatever, whatever you do to take the ASVAB, I think is what they call it. Mm-hmm. So when I took that, they're like, wow, you scored really high. You can either be a nuclear technician or a uh, a weatherman. And I'm like, well, what's a nuclear technician? Was he goes, well, that's you know, right now that's our our nuclear uh, vehicles. Or the fleet is the submarines. I I don't want to really be on the submarine. So um, that's that's really how I ended up to become you know. Uh, a quasi weatherman it really wasn't it was a it was a weather observer so i really wasn't a weatherman but uh you know it's a wheel in the cog and everybody's important in that in that aspect so so what but, did you uh, so how did you go from doing being a weatherman to doing construction <clears throat> so i got out of i got out of uh the navy and um because they, they said that you're supposed to have short sea uh, duty then shore duty then sea duty then mm-hmm. shorty the rotational yeah every other one well my I did my three years, and they said, well, you can either stay on the Saratoga, which is in Jacksonville, Florida, or, or go to uh, the West Coast. And I, I, mean, I go, what was on the West Coast? And they're like, well, another ship. I'm like, well, that's not, that's not shore duty. And uh, so out of three years um, in the Navy active duty, I was probably on ground maybe um, 10 months. And, you know, newly married and a new family, I had a son, and I was just like, you know what, I'm, I can't do another 10 months out of three years mm. on a boat. So I didn't reenlist. And um, and then so I come back home and a good high school buddy of mine um, said, hey, you know, we're looking for work. And and uh, I got into construction and I didn't know anything about construction. And um, so I started out as a laborer pushing a broom. Um, then I, I, every every week I bought a tool. I bought a hammer. I bought a tool pouch. I bought a screw. I bought these clamps, the special clamps. I bought, you know, the, the, the cordless tools and all these things. So every week I, I just buy another tool. And then so I worked up my way from labor to um, to carpenter 
to finish carpenter to foreman. Um, then the company I was with actually saw the potential in me and they actually paid for my uh, way to go to college. I got a, a two year associate's degree for in construction management. And when I started, first started out with them, like week one, started out $7 an hour. Week two, they came in, they saw my potential, they gave me another hour, a dollar an hour. So it was up to eight. The third week, another dollar, third, fourth week, so on and so forth. So within just a, a few a few months, I was up to $14 an hour, which was like, wow. I'm like, well, I can really do something with this, you know? And then, then they saw the potential in me. They paid for my college. They paid for my college and they paid me 40 hours a week. And I really wasn't working 40 hours a week. They were really good people. And, um, yeah. So in the end I graduated college and I was making $25 an hour, which is $50,000 a year, which is really good money back then. 2008, 2008 was when the construction bubble hit and they said, Hey, you know what? We loved you to pieces, but, um, we, uh, we, uh, we got to send you back in the field. And, uh, that just, it just wasn't an option for me. So, um, I actually did my own construction thing for a year, year and a half. And in the process, my my construction um, or my insurance agent for my construction uh, insurance, you know, we became buddies. And he's like, hey, he goes, um, um, I'm looking for some help. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, I need an, another another insurance agent to work under me, a producer. And I go, dude, I'm a drywall monkey. I'm not a pencil pusher. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, 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 I'll teach you everything. I go, no, no, thanks. So continued on. Always stayed friends. And um, in fact, he even he lent me his brand new boat because I would be go up to fishing up the Lake Erie with my grandpa, my dad, my uncle, my brother every year, you know, and my, my uncle's boat my, broke down and my, my, my insurance agent lent me his brand new boat to take up. So my, me and my, my uh, male family members could go up there. So we had a pretty good friendship. Oh, um, so he, he came back to me and he goes, Hey, he goes, he goes, Hey, I want to talk to you about this insurance thing. He was, I go, dude, I already told you, I, you know, I'm, I, I, I hang drywall, you know? And he's like, no, no, no. He goes, this is, you'll be your own deal he goes they only add on a few agents per year and um you know it's a really tight territory blah 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 and i go i checked it out so um i was like yeah so uh it was american family insurance and uh, i'm not plugging them but uh that's who it was and um so i did that for seven years unfortunately after seven years they had multiple years of uh double triple uh, double digit rates increases and all of my clients 66 uh, percent of my clients left me so um, I had a million dollar book of business and then, but at the end of the seventh year, I, I didn't have that and couldn't sustain it anymore. So that actually pushed me back out of insurance and pushed me back, back into construction. Cause that's what I knew. You know, it's like if I tell anybody, Hey, you know, if you can learn a skill, you can work anywhere in the world, you know, Absolutely. um, even if, even if it's just one or two skills, you can work anywhere in the world. So you can, you don't even, you don't have to know the language. You can go to Italy, you can go to Peru, you can go to China, you can go to wherever, and you can, if you can swing a hammer, you can build things. You can go anywhere in the world and work and earn a living. So, um, so I reverted back to what I knew. And also part of what I picked up in, <clears throat> in my process of building my insurance agent, and uh, unfortunately I didn't make it, but um, I, I learned the skill of relationship building. And uh, so I was really good at building relationships, establishing the relationship, keeping the relationship. And that was one thing that the insurance agency did help me learn is just how to establish reaching out to people on their birthdays, reaching out on their anniversary, uh-huh. taking notes when you talk to them and then remembering that little Bobby like scraped his knee or whatever. And the next time you call him like, Hey, but how's Bobby? Is his knee? Okay. Oh yeah, he's fine. No problem. You know? And um, you know, that really goes a long way building a relationship. People remember that. And um, so even after I got out of insurance, 
people still called me for insurance and I was like, Hey, I'm not in insurance anymore, but here's a great insurance company, a great, a great brokerage Call these guys will take great care of you. And, um, the same thing happened when I got out of, when I revert back, when I got out of construction, um, and I got into insurance, <clears throat> I did such a great job that people were calling me for, to do their basements, bathrooms, and kitchens. When I was in insurance, I'm like, listen, I go, I've got this new career now and I'm doing insurance and, and, uh, but I know a great guy, call him and then he'll take good care of you. And so, you know, so they did. So I still have, you know, thousands of acquaintances. I don't want to call them friends, but I have thousands of acquaintances. And, and oddly enough, out of the blue, someone will call me. I'm like, Hey, can you help me out with this? I know maybe you don't do this anymore. So it was, it was the relationship that kept the connection. And, you know, we might not be best buds or best friends or, or, or really close, but the fact is somebody remembers you. That's the key. You know, you have to, um, and I didn't, I wasn't like standing out and I wasn't loud. I wasn't boisterous and, and, uh, but I was kind and I was courteous and, uh, and I always listened to the people. And that's the thing, you know, if you listen, God gave us two ears and one mouth, if you use your ears twice as much as you do your mouth, you're going to be better off. So, um, you know, always listen. And, and uh, my, my, one of my things is I always try to listen with the intent of understanding not with the intent to reply or respond or react. Um, and I think that that was a good skill that I picked up over the years as well in, in, in building the relationship. So, um, Well, you learn something that up. most people don't get in construction, and that is, and I preach this all the time about customer service and listening to people and <clears throat> and developing relationships because that's really where it's at. If you, t- if you listen to any of the podcasts that we've done, that's – Almost everybody says that that's really where it's at. Yeah, absolutely. And so on that note of building relationships, um, you know, you know, construction change orders, that's like a big deal. I hate change orders. I probably wrote in, in five years, I was with my prior company. I think I wrote maybe two or three change orders just because I was always, I, I always really, I tried to think I did a really good job to be really thorough. Um, in my review of the project, but I also was very thorough in my presentation and my proposal and my outline and then in, in writing the contract. So if I miss something, almost always, 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 I'm like, hey, you know what? I missed it and we're going to do it. Don't, we'll take care of it. Don't worry, don't worry about it. I'm not going to come back to you for, you know, thousand, fifteen hundred bucks. Now, if it's something that was hidden behind the wall, nobody knew about, um, you know, undiscovered, whatever. That's that's a, that's a known and a and a, and a, a foreseeable position to where you could have a change order. But most of the time, I'm just like, hey, you know what? Let's just do the right thing. Let's let's just take care of it, knock it out. Because by the time that we go back and haggle on the price, <clears throat> you know what? We'd already been done with the thing, you know, two weeks ago. So I just tell my guys, just take care of it. They just do it. You know, uh, most times they don't even ask me because they know what my answer is going to be. Just take care of it. They'll, they'll bring it up to me later. Hey, this came up. Whatever. I'm like, hey, cool. Thanks for telling me. No, I'll let the client know just so that they know. Um, but for the most part, you know, we're, we're very um, diligent and um, we just want to do the right thing. What's, you know, um, you know, you had talked about number one, your, your history is interesting because uh, I, you know, I, uh, I, you you kind of gone all over the place and you've done a lot of different things. Yeah, it seems like construction has yeah. been in your back pocket, you know. And uh, yeah, um, 
what sector are you guys in or do you guys have a sector that you kind of try to stay with construction sector yeah no we, we absolutely have a sector and we try to stay stick with it as much as possible and that's the commercial construction market in, in columbus and central ohio i mean we'll branch out you know 80 90 100 miles maybe maybe 110 but pretty much we we stay within arm's reach of our where our our core is because our guys our guys aren't travelers. Our guys have families. Our guys and families expect them home at, you know, at three thirty, four o'clock, five, five o'clock at the latest for dinner. Um, and they want to be home on the weekends with their families. And mm-hmm. so that's when we, we are family based and family values. And, um, you know, my, my guys are autonomous. They do their own thing. But, um, you know, so our, our, our core uh, work is commercial construction, renovations and service work. I have three guys with three uh, each of them has a um, a one ton a one ton service body truck. So the the service body has all those boxes and all that stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And in each of the boxes is you know um, uh, miscellaneous drywall fittings, miscellaneous um, electrical fittings, miscellaneous plumbing fittings, and miscellaneous you know door parts and all of these things that we can respond. Somebody says, hey, I got this. Boom, I'll send Tommy out. Boom, I will send Coop out. Soon, I'll, boom, I'll send Barney out. And um, sometimes you know. Um, it'll take two or three guys. Sometimes it'll take one guy. Sometimes it'll take two hours. Sometimes it'll take a week. And, um, so a service call could be anything from fixing a, a door closer that doesn't close anymore, running out and it's a $110 part and we'll run out and, and, um, you know, we'll send them a bill for 250 bucks or whatever it is. And then sometimes it's like going out and fixing a major, uh, a major leak or a major repair. And it's, um, you know, a 15 or $20,000 service call. And, uh, you know we're we're very upfront with our clients with what our rates are, and um, and uh, we're, we're we're I'm always willing to show all the documentation. I, I do a full manpower report backup, um, and I'll do the full uh, material list with with receipts if needed, if wanted. Um, I have nothing to hide, and um, but uh, so service space go out and respond to you know service calls, and then some weeks we'll have anywhere from. You know, three to three to seven service calls. Sometimes ten, sometimes one, sometimes zero. Um, so our anchor jobs, which is our, our tenant improvement projects, our larger projects, um, that's where the guys go almost on a daily basis. And then, as needed, I pull the guys off to uh, complete the service work. And then, when they're done with the service job, one or two days or one or two hours, they go back to the anchor job and, and jump right back in where they were. And and um, you would think that there's be inefficiencies, but because our guys have worked together for so long and because the work is just comes second nature to them. I mean, we're really efficient. When we get there, we blow it out, we work hard. And, um, uh, so the, it actually has um, become pr- pretty efficient. You know, you had mentioned like a lot of different things that had occurred in your life, uh, and you know, different circumstances. You mentioned 2007, 2008 and the market got tough. What, what event do you think that, mostly shaped what you do today and the, you know, the model that you, uh, you kind of created. Uh, I'm not sure it's an event. I think it was a mentoring, um, a guy named Tim Maggie. Uh, he's the owner of Jones lumber, but, uh, he's, he was the owner of, of Excel interiors. He's the one that <clears throat> saw the value in me and helped promote me. And, um, you know, really, um, he's, he's I still work with him almost weekly. He, they do, they build cabinets and countertops and the, all of the lumber that you could ever want. <clears throat> so, um, but he was really, um, uh, my mentor. I, I kind of consider him like an older brother to me, even though, um, he's always been, you know, in a, a hierarchy of position, um, of authority, but, um, he's always been very personable, um, uh, very approachable, um, 
he definitely, uh, you know, gave me the, some core values that I picked off of him and, and, uh, just how he interacted with people. I picked that up, I think. And, um, so, uh, he's, he's one, probably one of my biggest business inspirations is, uh, kind of how I got to where I'm at. And then obviously, you know, getting out of the Navy and then getting into construction and learning all of these trades. Another thing revert back to <clears throat> back when I first started hanging drywall, I was like, you know, I was 25 or 26 years old and, then you know, just really busting my tail, hanging drywall, five, eight, 12 foot board over my head. And, and you know, you, you don't handle it right. And the dumb thing would crack in half and smack you on both sides of your body. And, um, you know, but, uh, but anyway, so I was working with these guys hanging drywall and they're 39 years old. And I'm like, wow, man, I go, you guys got to be about ready to retire. He's like, what do you mean retire? He goes, I'm only 39. I'm like, oh, geez. I think, well, <laughs> I, I, I learned real quick. Like I didn't want to look, you know, like I was ready to retire at 39. So that's when I said, you know what? I got to, I got to, I'm going to use my brain. I'm going to use my brain to make a living. And, uh, and that's when I started, you know, learning as much as I could every week. And I'd, I'd ask guys for help on just teach me, Hey, how to teach me how to do that. I would, I'd, I would ask a ton of questions. And, um, and then, then of course, you know, uh, going through the ranks and my, um, uh, my, my, my superior saw that and, and rewarded me with, you know, with dollar raises every, you know, almost every other week and, uh, and put me through college. So, um, you know, just, just, I just saw a lot of value in that and working hard and working, working smart. So, um, then I didn't know, I mean, clearly I, I know guys now that are 39 and been hanging drywall for 15, 20 years and still look great and, and aren't rough, but you know, the construction industry can be a little rough and it's also associated with, with abuse. Um, you know, a lot of uh, substance abuse and things like that. And, um, so, um, good people. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of different reasons for why people go where they are in their life. But, mm -hmm. um, and, and you can be, you know, you can be a drywall hanger at, at 55 or 60 years old and still be, you know, in good health and good taking care of yourself. But to me, when I was that young, I didn't see it, you know, cause I was, I was kind of uh, reckless and immature. So, uh, but I was at least smart are. enough to recognize, I was, I was at least smart enough to recognize that hey, I wanted, I wanted to do something with my mind and um and i didn't know how it was going to get there it just it just evolved you know so um kind of how i got there what do you uh like looking in the future here what what do you kind of see your company and by the way i love at first i thought guild was referring to like a last name of the owner or, or something oh, like uh -huh. that and then when i when you said that i started thinking because i think of the the only guild i really know is like the actors guild you know? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. uh, um, so, but I, I really like the name. So, so like the future, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts? What do you plan to do? What are you going to continue to do? What are you going to yeah. change? Right. Well, again, we just established this year, uh, I'm 51 years old. I'd like to retire at, uh, at 65 just because I'm in good shape. I'm, I'm mentally, um, me mentally uh, strong. And, um, and my, my, my grandparents are in their 92, they're 93 and 94. So my family history has a length of, has a history of, of longevity. And, um, I just really, I just want to live, man, you know? And, uh, so I want to work my tail off for the next 15 years uh, as much as I can and make as much money as I can and invest and be smart with my money. And then from there on, um, I just want to live, go out and travel and live. My grandparents have been to every continent in the, in the, in the world. Um, I don't think they've been to every country in the world, but man, they just travel their butts off. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
and they're so they're like sharp as tacks. I mean, they're like ninjas. You know, they're like super super smart. <laughs> so I mean, they're smarter than I am. I mean, I'm like I'll, I'll never be that smart. I'm like, how'd you guys get that smart? So, um, <clears throat> but I love talking to them. And uh, so my 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 plan is, for, obviously now well, 14 years. Um, I got uh, I want to grow. Right now we're we, with before the COVID we we were really on track. We were really doing well. Um, we would probably do 1.5, maybe 1.7 million. Um, we're probably going to hit 1 million in gross sales this year now, um, due to COVID. But mm -hmm. um, I really think that we can scale. I want to scale because I was with a company, the, the company I mentioned before, they were $25 to $50 million company. It's just too big because I, I see all the working parts. And to get to that level, I mean, you're going to have to hire five, six, seven project managers, $120,000, $130,000 a piece. Um, you know, just everything just increases. And, and maybe I could you know, uh, learn how to manage that and leverage it. But just in my mind, my mind says, you know what, I can handle three to 5 million, maybe, maybe six to 8 million. Um, uh, not alone, but when I get to, when I get to three to five, I'm going to, I'm going to need some more, I'm going to need some more help. Uh, but, but six to eight, I'll probably will need a couple project managers and, um, super, you know, high level superintendents, things like that. And, uh, but ultimately, you know, right now my goal is to um, is to turn the company over to the employees in some fashion, whatever modern financial vehicle is available at that time, <clears throat> and then maybe still get a little bit of money back out of the company. Um, you know, over time, sort of uh, an annuity, <clears throat> an annuity based or annuity, uh, the idea of an annuity um, through uh, through the company. But uh, yeah, ultimately I'm, I want to groom my guys that are currently on board uh, to become leaders of the company. Um, you know, with that being said, you know, we don't have enough guys, so we're going to need to constantly um, always look for, you know, really, really solid um, guys that are um, mentally future, future thinking and not just thinking, Hey, I just need to make, you know, a thousand dollars a week or whatever. Um, I want guys that really want to grow and share my mentality for growth. So, um, you know, in that process takes a while to find those kinds of people, um, forward thinking people, men. And, I love, love men and women. I love uh, every nationality, everything, because I mean, everybody brings so much to the table. And, um, so <clears throat> I really think that, um, by expanding my, my, uh, my employee, Base um, with good guys and good good men and women. If that's how whoever works out to be, that uh, <clears throat> that we can get there. That are forward thinking, and um, but they also need to you know they be they have to be um, client conscious. Good, they have to be good communicators, and they have to be skilled. Um, so I mean to to find that many rainbow unicorns, and I guess I'm just being a little boastful myself a rainbow unicorn with my walk me in that same category but effectively i mean having a, a, a um an employee with that many skill sets pretty uncommon you know mm. so you know you can find you can you so you're gonna have to find a mix but um you know i'm i'm looking forward to building new relationships with my employees and, and looking for new relationships uh to add to the uh the employee roster and help grow the company and you know as i grow then i'll I'll reward them because they're going to help reward me you know ultimately i'm the benefactor but um i'll, I'll reward them as well I'm, I'm definitely um share sharing the sharing the growth and sharing the value now you had you had mentioned this you kind of alluded to this but uh let me just ask you directly 
what skills and ability do you think that you have that really have helped you kind of get to where you're at today? And the reason I ask that question is because, um, you know, there's, we have some younger people listen to the podcast and they're looking for, well, if I do this, that's going to head me in the right direction. So what would you say the skills and abilities you have that have helped you? Yeah. Um, well, again, I think I, I touched on it was the relationship building and just relationship skills. And, you know, today <clears throat> there's a, there's, a, and I don't know if you noticed or not, but there's, there's a movement and there's a trend towards emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and, um, and just like dropping the ego and, um, just, just listening, you know, if you, like I said, if you listen with the intent of understanding, um, that's, that's huge. So if you're a person that can listen with the intent of understanding, you don't have to know how, you know, all of these um, construction components go together. It's definitely helpful, but you don't have to know. You have to be able to be able to communicate. Communication is the biggest thing. So if you're a great communicator and you don't know anything about construction, I'll still talk to you. We can still see if there's a, an opportunity. Um, and I think that there's still an opportunity for anybody in any industry to like really excel, no matter if it's construction or sales or, or, um, you know, in, industrial or, or management or whatever. I mean, you just have to communicate. And um, I think that's a the really biggest skill. So if anybody's out there taking college and taking maybe take business communications or, or, or something of that nature, um, uh, sociology skills, and just basically just trying to um, be a good human, you know, and, um, but, uh, clearly, you know, having construction skills and having construction knowledge is, is definitely helpful. Sales is good. If you're, if you're sales based, I think that's also good. Um, as long as you're not, um, tied to the commission, you know, there's a lot of sales guys out there. They're they try to sell you and they really, and they're really, really good speakers, really good silver tongues is what I call them. They have silver tongues because mm-hmm. um, they really know how to, they set the objective and they know how to, to spin the, uh, re- spin the rejections and all of these sales tactics. And you know what, maybe they work, but they never resonated with me. What resonated with me was listening to the client um, and, and offering them a good product, whether it was selling them an insurance policy for life insurance or for their home insurance or for the cars or whatever, or when it's in construction, it's like, Hey, you know what? You really don't need to run that wall all the way up. And we can get the soundproofing by putting some insulation on the ceiling. That's going to save you, you know, a couple thousand dollars. And maybe you want to use these doors because yeah, they're a little bit more expensive, but they're going to last longer and they're going to help with sound, sound transition. It's just like just doing the right thing. And, um, I'm not trying to like, sell somebody you know i've never even when i was in insurance i never sold anybody anything i presented them with the best options and i and i told them and i and they could hear in my voice why i thought it was the best option whether it was insurance or whether it was construction when i talk to somebody they know that um it's the best option because i mean and and i'll tell you hey you know what i don't know the answer um you know but let's let me call this guy or let's call this guy and let's ask him let's ask him his opinion because if i don't know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bs you you know i i'm i, I won't do that because you know it's, it's better to have integrity and and just say admit hey i don't know than it is to bs your way through um something and, and then you know because people can see through that so um i really think that relationships communication 
a little bit of sales and certainly construction knowledge is definitely helpful for this industry for sure. What do you um, what do you see as the strength of your business right now? Well, right now our our, our strength is our diversity. So um, we we self perform. A lot of general contractors and that's a, <clears throat> a lot of general contractors won't self perform. Um, mm-hmm. They'll sub it all out. And they'll have managers. They'll have project managers and they'll have you know um, construction managers and things like that. But we actually self perform. So when we self perform. We control the schedule, we control the timing, we control the product, we control the quality. When you when you sub it out, you don't control those things. And um, you know, contractually, there's some standards that your that you know your subcontractor will have to adhere to, but for the most part, you know, you, you lose control. So uh, I think our diversity and the, the fact that we um, are able to um, self-perform almost all of the aspect of, of our work is really sets us apart from the competition for sure so if you look back at your life and uh and you think on you know your success and failures what would you you know what kind of stands stands out in your mind and a, a lot of people don't like the word or hear the word failures but i i think that there's a lot that can be gained from accepting the fact that you know you learn as long as you learn from your failure you know but um what successes and failures come to mind that have you know have helped you in your career? Well, you know, I've come to a realization that almost uh, everything, um, even if it doesn't go your way, um, it's an opportunity to learn. And the only time there's a true failure is if you give up. And, um, you know, so the, the boom in 08, um, and that would be like, hey, you know, it's, you know, I failed at this. Well, no, I didn't fail. I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, an economic situation that happened, and I turned it around for the better. And, um, and then with the, uh, the insurance thing, with the, 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 the double digit rates, three years in a row, and drove all my clients away. My clients called me and they're like, man, I love you, but Jesus, we can't, I can't stay with you. I mean, State Farm or Allstate or whoever. I mean, they're like. $150 cheaper. And, you know, I, that, that means the difference between that's a big deal to, to me and my family. I'm like, I get it. So, you know, and that, that, you know, a lot of people would see that as a, it's not a failure. I mean, this is a position that keeps pushing me. So I never see anything as a failure. I always look at them as the learning opportunities. Of course, at the moment, I get frustrated. I'll get down on myself or whatever, but, you know, pick myself up, um, pull, pull my boots up and stand up and stand proud and uh, straighten my back out and just got to get back after it, man. So, um, but the, uh, the, some of the biggest, the bigger successes is just, I mean, I mean, I keep harping on this. It's the relationships, my, the people in my life that I've, that I've established relationships have really been, um, you know, encouraging and giving me advice and giving me leads for business, giving me leads for opportunities. And, um, so it's really uh, it's really about what you um, the, the people that you have in your life. I mean, that's I give all the credit to, you know, to the people in my life, my friends and my family and all of my uh, acquaintances. There's some acquaintances that are closer than others, but um, it's really the relationships that I've built that um, have got me there. So if you had to go and tell your 18 year old self uh, something, give them a piece of advice uh, whether that may be professional, personal, or both, what would that be? Uh, I'd say 18. I'd say, uh, you know, be humble. Don't, don't, I know you're, you, 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 you think you know a lot and you think of your, your brute strength, 
um, and your uh, <clears throat> and your ability to just keep going after things is going to get you where where you need to be. But you need to be humble. Um, you need to ask a lot of questions. Um, you need to uh, learn as much as you can. You need to be thoughtful and um, uh, about about your future as far as hey, you know what? I need to I need to expand my learning. I need to be, become a diverse skill set. I have to de develop a diverse skill set because if you only learn one skill set, if you only learn how to, to flip pizzas, well, you're never going to be able to build a pizza and then and then build and then deliver the pizza and then and then manage the store and then eventually own the store um, and then own a chain of stores, you know. So same thing with, with construction. I mean, you really have to diversify your knowledge and your skill set and you have to be humble about it. And um, uh, and don't be afraid to ask questions because a lot of guys do. And, and, uh, and I think that, you know, the adage of there's no, no such thing as a super, I and mean, that's, that's the truest thing you could ever hear, you know, ask questions and, um, but, uh, be smart and, um, have a plan, you know, and just be forward thinking really. Um, don't, don't, don't be so closed minded on yourself and, uh, um, look, look for opportunities and ask for opportunities. Always ask, always have to ask for opportunities. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Thank you for that advice. I'm sure that's helpful, helpful to people. I know that, uh, it seems like, uh, you know, some, some central tenants echo among different people who are on the podcast. One of them being relationships matter, you know? So, um, yeah. so we're on to the, the, the speed round here. So we have uh, eight different categories. We rate one to 10, 10 being the highest, one being the least important. And uh, I just want your perspective on it. And if you want to comment on the number that you give, that's fine. They could all be 10 okay. um, or they could all be ones, you know? So there's no, just because you have one category, 10 doesn't mean you can do another. So with that yeah, said, right. the first one is how important do you think scheduling is on a one to 10 basis? Nine, eight, nine. I mean, that's because my industry and my work isn't schedule based, really. Um, it's we're based around, you know, making sure we get in on the on the client's schedule to uh, conform to whatever to get in and get out. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of big companies out there, <clears throat> big blue and big red and all those companies. Uh, but schedule is hugely important to them. To me and my business, service based and small renovations, not like not the end of the world and not like the most important thing, but it's still it's still it's up there. Eight or eight or nine. Estimating. Estimating is an eleven. Um, you have to hit it home. You have to be very thorough. Um, and sometimes you can you know overanalyze things and absolutely price yourself away from the project. But what I like to do is is have conversations with the client say hey i got this i got that i got this i got that what do you think and is that what you're expecting we're like no that's not what i was expecting we're like all right you know i can back some numbers out and then now you're actually bring yourself into more competitive nature and that's where the relationship side of what i was mentioning if you have a relationship with the opportunity you can have a conversation about price if it's if it's you and 10 other contractors and it's a, it's a public bid there's there's a very rare time Time that you can have a conversation about price. Mm -hmm. So having the relationship is hugely important, but estimating, I mean, you have to hit it. That's an 11. You have to hit it every time. Contract. Now I have two th things here. I have contracts, the actual paper contract. And the second thing is actually execution of that contract, contract administration. So what would you rate those? Yeah, uh, no, those are, those are nine tenths. And that's again, um, the work I do <clears throat> service-based work. And then a lot of times we'll have, uh, 
um, service agreements with companies and they'll, you know, the, 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 the property management company or the, 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 the owner of the property will have a service agreement. And a lot of times it's been established as an 18 page or 25 page document, you know, built by some, you know, team of attorneys and, you know, to go through that and you're just like, you, you have to read it just to make sure that you're really not putting yourself in jeopardy. But contracts are, are important because it, it establishes the guidelines of what should, should something happen that if you don't have a close enough relationship and they call you to the mat and we're like, hey, you know what, per the contract, I have 10 days to perform this or whatever, or, or per the contract, you have 10 days to pay me. And if you don't pay me, then for the contract, I have the right to pull off the project. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be a jerk, but cash flows are very important to me, and that's for the contract. So yeah, contracts definitely you know nine ten for sure. It's important. Um, design. Design is um, an eleven. Um, and, you know, you can have a one page uh, floor plan. And um, if if you don't have a conversation with the client and that you don't give them, if you don't have a clear understanding and you can't give to them a clear understanding of what it is that you're going to provide them, then, you know, when you get to, you know, get close to the finish, I'm like, well, what about this? I'm like, well, that wasn't on the plan. So we're like, well, I, I assumed it would be because like everybody has that, whatever this widget is or whatever this feature is. I'm like, well, it wasn't on the plan. So if you don't have conversations and don't establish that relationship, then you know you're gonna you're gonna get your foot in your mouth and you might get a foot up your butt. So um, and you know if you have a full set of architectural plans, you know you need to read every page, you need to read every detail, you need to read every coded note to make sure that number one, there's so many architects out there and there's everybody's busy and they'll take this set of plans and they'll reuse them and just change the name and change the storefront and change this or change that, and they won't change some of the coded notes, well, then you might get to the process of building the project. It goes through permitting, and then the inspector says, well, where is this? It's on the coded note 7. I'm like, well, that doesn't even apply to us. I'm like, well, it's on the coded note. So it's, you know, plans uh, and design is, is huge. That's definitely an 11, 100%. Um, accounting. Accounting is a 17. I mean, you you have to be on top of accounting, man. I'm serious because the cash flow is like critical. And so, whether it's a small service-based project and it's a $500 invoice or a $1,500 invoice, as soon as we get that job done, boom, we got to hit the invoice. We got to get it out because um, cash flow is critically important. If it's a, a larger project and you're billing monthly, you got to do your AIA 702703s, and you got to you got to like substantiate your percentages. So you're 80% complete on drywall, you're 70% complete on ceilings and all these things. And they go in and they see the, see the ceilings aren't even started and you're billing for 70% of it. You're going to, you're going to get called to the mat, man. So um, you have to be really, really critical um, and uh, have good communication with your, with, with your controller, with your accounting department, with who's, who's doing your, your monthly billing. And um, because, Cash is cash is king. You have to have cash to operate. So it's it's it's, it's probably one of the most important for sure. What about selling work? Selling work is a continual process, and everybody in the company is a salesman. So that's why you have to hire good guys that are out there representing you and doing a great job and good communicators. And uh, um, you know if 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 you're only selling part of the time you're selling and then you go out and do the project and then there's the, the ebb and flow, the, the, the low tide, the high tide. 
it's the roller coaster up and down. If you're if you're not constantly selling, then you're you're always going to have these slow periods and these and these downswings. And um, so it's it's important that you know the, that I'm always selling, and it's always important that my guys are always you know they don't they don't they don't know that they're selling, but really they are. They're out there. They're they're the face of the company. And, um, you know, Hey, t- talk to the owner. If the owner says this then communicate back to me right away and let's make sure that we either, you know, if it's not in the, if it's not, you know, something that we included, um, and it's a legitimate change order, then, you know, we, we're respectful to the, to the owner about it and uh, get back to him right away. So sales or sales is pretty important. That's, that's a, that's a nine, nine, 10. Last but not least leadership. Uh, yeah, that's that's an eleven. Also, um, I, I put that below accounting, <laughs> uh, but leadership is it's 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 definitely an eleven. Um, you have to have the right guys in the right place, and they ha- they have to be good communicators, and you know they have to have that relationship based understanding. And um, um, from the top down, and you got to you know everybody has to feel like they're respected, and everybody does need to be respected. I mean, not to feel like it, they need to be respected. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, by uh, having good leadership from the top down, and and feeling making sure that everybody knows that they're important and and that they're they have a, a critical role in the process. Um, I think that's I think that's huge. So um, having good leadership in in place is is very critical for sure. Well, uh, before I let you have the last word, like I do all my guests, um, I just uh, want to say thank you. It's good to make a new friend, you know, uh, and kind of go out. Even though you're from Ohio, which means you're an Ohio State fan, I can still we can still be friends. Well, that's just it. If you're from Ohio, you have to be an Ohio State fan. (laughs) So, uh, did you ever did you ever hear the 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 story behind how Michigan and Ohio State became uh, that became such a rivalry? Did you ever hear that? No, uh, oh, it's just hilarious. There's, in the fifties, there's two the Ohio State coach and and I don't remember who it is, but it was in the fifties. And Woody Hayes and uh, what's his face up north? Uh, I can't remember his name. Woody and, Hayes and Schumbacher. Shum, I, Shum- I don't know if it was Michigan. I always tell it as if Michigan beat Ohio because that's what I want, you know. But right. but but, yeah. but they're one of the one of the teams, either Ohio or Michigan, blew out the other team, and that. The, one of the very last touchdowns uh, instead of kicking a two point conversion or instead of kicking an extra point, he ran a two point conversion and they asked him, right. You're way ahead. Why did you do it? And he said, well, there was no option to go for three. I heard that. That's pretty mm, awesome. So, well, you yeah. have the last yeah. word. Yeah. Uh, well, I really appreciate the opportunity and, um, uh, you know, it's actually, it's good to talk, um, about yourself, but because, um, sometimes <laughs> not, not in a boastful way, but, um, hearing myself talk and, um, it's actually reiterating my own energy and my own enthusiasm. And, um, and basically it's just good to, to kind of, kind of come back to my core values and, um, so I appreciate that. Basically, you're helping me become present and uh, realize uh, the, the very moment that I'm in right now. And the very moment I'm in right now is is a great opportunity. So um, I'm really grateful for that. So thank you so much. Well, thank you again, Scott. And join us next week for another podcast for ConX.